Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Traxler and Carolyn Ford to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Now, let's get to the point. Hey, welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity. I'm Carolyn Ford here with Eric Trexler. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Carolyn. This morning, we have Jason DeShano. He serves as the Chief Architect for Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation, CDM, portfolio with Booz Allen's Cyber and Engineering Group. And he has significant experience with CDM in many roles. He started out as an agency lead at BAH and USDA, and then worked his way up to become the delivery lead across Group B, and now is the solution architect for all of Group B. Welcome to To The Point, Jason. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And just, I mean, will you refresh our memories uh, what CDM is? It's been so long. <laughs> the fond memories, yeah. right? Yeah. So let's talk yeah. CDM. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, so CDM is a, a DHS-led program that's focused on improving cybersecurity posture within all of the federal civilian agencies. So the way that DHS has, has gone about this is to organize uh, all the federal civilian agencies into different groups, groups uh, A through F, Alpha through Foxtrot. And then each group has a individual contract and a separate system integrator uh, that focuses on those that particular group of agencies. <clears throat> so Booz Allen, we have the, the two largest uh, groups, which are B and D, Bravo and Delta, which covers about 80% of the endpoints within the federal civilian agencies. And Jason, this is a cybersecurity program under CISA with That's Brian correct. Krebs, right? That's yeah. correct. And so, so what's the big deal? Like if I'm at one of these agencies, why do I care? Yeah, I think you care because there's, um, I think there, there's different drivers for that. Some, some of it is, you know, with, with the, with the changes that are happening, um, out in, uh, in a couple of different areas. So there's certainly some policy things that are happening, um, with, uh, at the, uh, at the Hill level or, or within, uh, DHS and CISA. Uh, but I think the bigger driver really is, is that there, there's, there's so many changes happening in the threat landscape right now, um, there's you know sophisticated nation state attacks. You know we saw the recent things happening with HHS. You can go out there and Google and find out about. Um, but also just with this new normal we're in, you know nothing like a pandemic to you know to drive people to change um, with, with this new normal and uh, and and uh, um, and then I think also there's just technology changes happening. So I think CDM is a great program uh, and has the the backing of. Uh, of Congress has the backing of DHS and CISA to not only bring uh, these uh, uh, the, the new technologies, but also um, is bringing the funding to help these uh, help these agencies modernize their cybersecurity. And there's a ton of funding, Caroline. It's over. Last I checked, over three billion dollars in total yeah. right now. Jason, how long's the program? It, it, I, I forget now, but I want to say it was like 2011. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere. Yeah, somewhere around. Somewhere around there. So we're coming up on almost a decade of, yep. of yeah, working I think on the, the program. The contracts that we're in now is, is about five years um, that, we're, that we've been executing so far. Okay. And I just caught the word that, that made it relevant for me, the modernization. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the driver behind CDM, right? Well, it's a big driver. Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. A big, what are what are other drivers behind it? I think some of the other I, again, I think some of the other things are really just the the recognition of the the change the changes in threats that are happening right now. Um, the the amount of uh, attacks that are happening on these agencies is is increasing every single year, and they're getting more sophisticated. Can you uh, give us a good from, story? <laughs> I, I, I mean, you can, you can Google the most recent one, um, with, with HHS around COVID. Um, that was a, you know, a sophisticated, uh, attack and you can, like I said, that's, that's public information. Um, so you can go out and find, find details on that. Um, but there's lots of examples, you know, when we first started our, you know, our, our, uh, adventure here in CDM five years ago, uh, OPM, um, was breached. Uh, I think within the first month that we started the program, mm. uh, so we accelerated uh, that delivery to uh, to uh, to help uh, help them close some gaps. But Caroline, I, I think modernization is a it, it's it's more of a technical mechanism to get to the real core drivers of the program, which in my mind are reducing the threat surface, um, getting better visibility into what's happening in these agencies on their networks with their people improving response capability. Um, and then and then the big one always for me was the reporting, right? They have to do FISMA reporting. I, I've talked to customers where they have dozens, in some cases in excess of 100 people who primarily focus on reporting so they can get the FISMA reporting done. So the automation piece, but getting that whole of, whole of civilian government view into what's happening across the civilian government, I, I think is really, really important to them. Yeah, absolutely. And we've spent, you know, we've spent, um, you know, our, our time over the last five years really getting the fundamentals in place. Um, so uh, focusing on what what assets are on these agencies, you know, what's the posture of those assets, focusing on users, who are the users they're accessing, what's the posture of those users. That's just really laying the foundation uh, for, for, I think, what, what is the next step? And like you talked about, which is getting into more, you know, advanced cyber operations, uh, automation, incident response, th- those types of things. Jason, I, I, I've actually seen in the customers we're talking to almost a, uh, trying to think of the exact word I'd use, but almost a retrenchment, right? So, so Defend brought on mobile and, and cloud capabilities, but I feel like COVID brought on work from home and has forced a lot of agencies to go back to the basic foundations of CDM we started working on years and years ago. Who is on the network? What is on the network? What's happening on the network? When at this point, we should have been dealing with data protection and how we're interacting with data. I almost feel like work from home. It's been a huge boon for the, the, the uh, I don't want to say the cybersecurity industry, but for the user, really, right? The ability to work from wherever has been great. The direct-to-cloud model has been very attractive. I think, and we talked about this with our CEO back in the beginning days, he made a comment that work from home, COVID, one of the benefits, there aren't many, but one of the benefits was it really drove IT to make decisions quickly that would have taken years of studying. They wouldn't have done it because they had to. But it almost seems like the CDM program participants are now going back to the foundations again, now that their people have worked from home. Are you seeing that? Absolutely. And I think that's, that's one of these big drivers for change. Um, because now I think, like you said, with, with this, um, this new normal that we're in, um, and the changes they've made over the past, uh, you know, six or so months on that, 
the, the attack surface is getting larger now. Um, and the, the, the areas where, um, where these attacks can come in are, are all, over, all over the place. Um, there's different, different ways to access data now. Um, it's bring your, own, bring your own device in a lot of cases, uh, unless the agency has issued that. Um, so there, there's just so many more um, drivers now for, for, for broadening out that attack surface that I think, like, like you said, I think you have to go back to some of the fundamentals, make sure that we understand who's there and what they're doing and how they're accessing the network. But then we have to quickly shift um, because, like, like you said, within this cloud model, um, data is all over the place now. Uh, it's not behind the wall like it used to be. Uh, and I think it's really going to drive a lot of changes and, and pivots here in the next year. Yeah, it's interesting. I was on a call this morning with a, a senior officer in the, um, I'll just say the Department of Defense. And he was talking about how their people are accessing Teams today, Microsoft Teams, and, and, and collaborating from work from home devices, which they really hadn't done prior to the pandemic. And yep. He started talking about what one of my people asked a question about. So from your work laptop at home, and he said, really, from any device, from any workstation at home, we have people accessing it from the only computer in their house. And luckily, I was on mute because you could have heard my, you know, my yeah. scream of no echoing throughout my house where I'm working from. But I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it's obviously unclass, but it's it's probably controlled on class information, F-O-U-O in many cases, and they may be working on the same box that, you know, their their son or daughter is working on on school. I mean, theoretically, it could be a school Chromebook. So does CDM, like, deal with that? I mean, does that violate CDM policies? And and also, two, two-part question here, it seems like working from home has really probably pushed the cloud. How realistic is cloud for most of our agencies? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. So, so, so two parts. I think I think one is like I said, we we focused on the basics of just understanding what devices and who's on the network. We have to pivot toward enforcement now, and and uh, you know if that if that device that that uh, you know is also the the home computer, if it doesn't have the right posture, then it should not be allowed on the network. And are and, you seeing that a lot? Uh, we, we are, we yeah. are seeing a lot of the bring your own device t- type things, but you know, agencies aren't in that enforcement, that enforcement mechanism yet. And right, um, so right, that, right. Posture could mean properly patched. Absolutely. Correct. Yep. Operating Pro- system. Properly patched. Exactly. Exactly. Configuration settings, those types of things. When were you, when's your last vulnerability scan? Right. Does everyone's home PC have a vulnerability scanner? Um, so, mm-hmm. so think, things like that. Um, but I, I think the other part around the cloud is that I, th- I think agencies are pretty rapidly moving in, in that direction. And again, I think that's, that's going to just broaden out that attack surface um, and, and make it even more critical to put some of these, uh, some of these enforcement mechanisms in place. So you know, looking at things like uh, zero trust uh, principles, zero trust architecture and the principles behind that um, is going to be very important to start looking at within the, within the upcoming year. So as you're looking at CDM, how, how do you see the role of zero trust dovetailing in with CDM? I'm assuming you're having a lot more conversations about zero trust as a, as, as a, uh, an architecture, maybe is the best way to describe it, that can be implemented under the CDM program. But I'd love to hear elaboration there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
I, I know this. We'll have to see if the the term zero trust um, survives the the hype cycle. Great, great. Um, here, here coming up, but but anyway, but if you look at if you look at what is comprised of though, um, it, it's really a bunch of individual uh, capabilities and technologies that are that are just kind of bundled together. So you're looking at um, identity of users, micro segmentation of the network, uh, things like. Uh, network access control, where you're enforcing policy in order to get onto the network. Um, so those those underlying pieces and parts are, are what we're already putting in for, from a CDM perspective. So taking that next step into that enforcement mechanism and working with agencies to uh, redefine and redraw their network boundaries to include those cloud assets is going to be a, a big a big pivot here for the future. What about things like TIC 3.0 and SD-WAN? Are they playing a part? And I'm not going to lie, TIC 3.0 is a buzzword for me. So can you just <laughs> tell me what that means? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, tr- trusted internet connection. So Version 3. Um, We're going to get it right three. this time. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but it, it's actually a game changer, really, and, and it's a, it's a it's a recognition of I, I think everything that we've just been talking about with the, the pivot to the cloud, with a lot more mobile devices uh, out there. Um, you know this the the paradigm that we have today, where you know every piece of network traffic has to all come back through a central point, is is not going to be feasible, um, and, nor is it going to be practical. So I, I think this evolution of tick to recognize that we can protect those assets without having to and put this wall up and route everything through that wall um, is going to be a, a big evolution and, a, and kind of a game changer. So I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, we'll get it right this time um, because it's, uh, it's going to be necessary with this, with all the changes that are happening right now. It's interesting. The call I was on this morning, it was a zoom, no video from the government and you couldn't hear the, the the senior executive speaking. It was it was in and out. It was very digital, just cutting in and out. And what he said was, I'm, "I'm going through my VPN. Hang on a second. Let me get off a of VPN." He got off his VPN, which routed through some Doden some Doden site. Right. Got off his VPN, went direct to cloud to ZoomGov, which is the pr- platform we were on, which ForcePoint uses, and uh, crystal clear. Right. Much better. Why? But is that cool? Like, is that safe? Sorry. Alarm uh, Zoom, bells. ZoomGov, NSA has ZoomGov as one of the trusted platforms. Okay. It's got end-to-end encryption. It is safe. Right. Now, I don't know if the DOD organization is necessarily scanning that. I don't know if ForcePoint is, but it is an approved program. But it the, the, the point being, it was direct to cloud. It wasn't going through, in the civilian speak, a trusted internet connection you know, in the in the DoD side, it would be going through the Doden, right? The DoD Information Network, right? So yep. all of a sudden, the bandwidth limits came off, and we were we were based off of his home internet connection and the internet, and we could communicate where we couldn't get mission done effectively by not understanding him. I can't tell you how many times we asked him to repeat what he was saying, mm. right? So going direct to cloud is so beneficial. So, but you so do need to understand t- it and protect it. That's yeah. tick, like to get that's off the VPN and do. Yeah, that's tick three point oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to be able to, yeah, it, it's putting, it's putting some some guidelines uh, and and some some policy and use cases in place for how to protect those types of those types of connections without having to all come back through one central spot. So 
that's the that's the that's the crux of it. Which will have overlap with CDM because you're trying to protect the mm-hmm. enterprise under CDM. So, Jason, theoretically, a a tick initiative could be funded via the CDM program. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a um, you know we talked about what assets, what users, the the network defense piece, network management is uh, is, is certainly part of it. And then getting into the data, data protection, data management. Um, so I think when you when you start talking about um, tick, cloud, mobile assets, you know, cl- cloud assets, um, you're you're very much into that redefinition of what network management need, means, what that network perimeter is, uh, and again, I think talking, you know, bringing in some of those you know, zero trust type principles, um, regardless of the of uh, the term, um, and those underlying functions and capabilities there. Uh, is going to be a big, a big pivot. Okay, so there was a there was a survey done. Carol, did Meritalk do the survey? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I think it was a Meritalk survey. It, it was a Meritalk survey. Yeah. Eighty-one mm-hmm. percent of CDM stakeholders stated that uh, you know that they give their agencies a passing grade for a CDM. What would you would fix, you? Jason? Would you give them? <laughs> okay, a we'll go grade? with Carolyn's. I like hers even better. <laughs> would you? <laughs> Uh, I, I like the first question better. Um, we'll come back to it. Don't worry. This is a two parter. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would give it a passing grade. I, I think, I think, um, looking at the, um, you know, set, set aside timelines, uh, cause these really are monumental changes that we're making within some of these agencies on, on improving their posture. Um, I, I think it has been, I think it has been very successful. Um, I, I think you look at um, look at some of the recent uh, audits that have come out. Um, there's certainly work to do, but I, I think um, there's a GAO audit that just came out. I think it was last week or the week before. Um, but there were a lot of findings in there um, that spoke to the the positive progress that's been made on CDM. Agreed. So I, I think absolutely. So what would you fix? Yeah, I think um, you know. Like I mentioned, we've been doing assets and users for you know the better part of five years now. Um, so I think I think starting to um, to, to at least at least get into to pilots and proof of concepts for for some of these these future these future capabilities. Um, so looking at uh, um, uh, at you know redefining that perimeter for cloud assets, and mobile assets. What does that mean? Whether that's zero trust or something else. Um, just start, starting off with some some type of pilot or proof of concept on those go, go small and then broaden out rather than focusing on sort of like a big bang, go across, uh, across everybody. Um, I think the other piece is really around is, is around data. Um, you know, these agencies put a lot of thought behind what are their crown jewels? Um, what do they have to, you know, what are they going to you know, protect it at all expense? They're high value assets. Um, the high value yeah, assets. I yeah, agree. It's finally exactly. time they're doing that. It's great. It's a risk equation, and they're finally looking at it. But you were saying, yep, yeah, and and those are and those are changing too. Right, some of those are moving into the cloud. Right, so, um, so I think I think again making that shift over to to focusing on on those two things, um, and, and doing it in small pieces for for those that are ready to that those that are ready to go, uh, what will be a, a, a good change. All right. Well, as we wrap up here, I'm going to give you one more chance, Jason, to give me a juicy hack story. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, no juicy hack stories. All right, all right, fine. <laughs> Nothing Anything, coming, any, Carolyn. Sorry. Any last words from you, Eric? No, I, I, I like what Jason said. So yes, a, a couple last words. We are seeing a lot of customers struggle with identity and credential management. What I call mm-hmm. some of the first components of both CDM and zero trust. They, they dovetail very nicely in together. I am not yet seeing customers be able to understand the data protection side. I'm not yet seeing anything but the most advanced customers understand how people are interacting with their data, with the high value assets, right? So once I know who you, Jason, and you, Carolyn, are, I'm still trying to understand what you should be able to touch and everything else, but I'm really not at the behavior state where, okay, are these good behaviors of Jason once I've authenticated him, right? So I've got the micro segmentation down. Maybe I'm rolling out an IDAM or ICAM solution. Um, My hope would be that that the pandemic hasn't pushed us back so much that we don't get to, okay, once you're authenticated on the network, we know who you are, you're accessing things you should be. Is it really you? What are your intentions? What are the behaviors that you're exhibiting now versus prior? And to me, that's going to, as the perimeter is dissolved, we're working from anywhere on on trusted devices and you name it, that's going to be one of the biggest changes I think personally we can make in cybersecurity to better protect the organization and its IP and its users. That would be my final comment. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think that that goes to um, not only um, changing the perimeter and changing what what that perimeter is, um, focusing that on identity, but I think also on the data part as well. Um, That is a a huge shift. Um, Again, we, we put the foundation there so we know who the users are, we know what privileges they have, but changing that paradigm to uh, to not just put a wall around something, but to actually have have some some real um, uh, some real policy around you know is this person like you said are they who they say they are um, and, and enforcing that, but but then also uh, are they accessing the things that they should be accessing based on their uh, unique identity? Yeah, and it really speaks to enabling the mission, like doing everything. Um, so we can get our jobs done no matter where we are, right? Well, it's enabling yet protecting is the way I look mm, at it, yeah. right? Well, we want right, to open we have up to protect it to enable though. If it's not secure, we're not enabling the mission. Mm, I think there are a lot of cases where we're enabling the mission, but we're not necessarily protecting it, including in the DOD and other places. Okay, fair enough. Right? Direct to cloud, cloud assets allow you to very easily skip over basics like security basic IT operations capabilities um, because IT and security don't even, you know, SecOps may not even know you have something in Amazon, right? So I would not assume that enabling the mission is perfectly aligned and intertwined with protecting. And and Mm. that's, you know, we get into, we we won't get into it today, but that's the whole shadow IT. Right. Right. Cloud makes it very easy to do something, but who's watching what we're doing and protecting what we're doing. Yeah, and I think that's going to be one of the other shifts that has to happen. Is we we have to we have to open up um, not not just from a mission perspective, but also from a data perspective within these organizations. Because I think what we see a lot of times is that um, you know w- moving to cloud assets and and some of those types of things that's done by your IT operations, which is separate from your security, and and they're looking at different things. 
uh, but not necessarily talking to each other. So I think I think some of the the changes that we can make to to break down some of those uh, stovepipes and barriers that exist right now, um, focus on data sharing within these organizations, yeah. and really open up that architecture so that we can we can have a, a complete picture um, on on what's happening, where are they accessing it. And all those things. And is it secure? Is it meeting our security policies? Yeah. Yeah. We're a long way away from the initial mainframe days when IT controlled everything. It's, it's, you know, we have to rethink the way we secure our our infrastructure. It's it's a different world. Well, thank you, Jason, for the work that you're doing. And thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. You too. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining. And if you are accessing data on a machine you shouldn't be, Jason's coming to get you. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> all right. We're going to hunt you down. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store 